and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be with you here on this Thursday morning. It's Wednesday morning for me. I'm recording this a day before I will release it. But wherever you are listening in the world, I hope you are feeling at peace and are able to take a breath and just ground into this moment. Actually, let's do that. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. It's so beautiful opening up this portal with taking a breath. Usually when I record interviews with guests, I always start off with a breath and it always just helps us bring us into the container of the space that is the podcast. And with any creative thing that you do, I do think it becomes kind of a portal when you create these boundaries around it and allow creativity and inspiration and magic to flow. And that's exactly what we're doing here now. As I'm sitting here in my home in Michigan, looking out the window, it's a rainy summer morning and connecting with you wherever you might be in the world, allowing this container to flourish and to flow is what connects us and makes us feel less alone. So Today's episode is going to be a solo episode. I've been feeling like I've been wanting to just sit down and chat with you all, have a little coffee chat, and just share what's been on my mind, what's been on my heart, what I've been learning throughout this season of life. We are in summer now, kind of like midsummer, and I did a solo episode back, I think it was at the end of winter, and I talked about the winter season. So I kind of want to talk about my spring season, summer season, what it's been bringing up for me. And yeah, because I trust that whatever is present for me might also be present or relevant for you. So that is also the beauty of connecting across sound waves, across state lines, across countries, across oceans that, you know, I might be going through a specific experience, but someone on the other side might find some value in that too. So where do I begin? Well, I said I want to have a coffee chat and I do have a cup of coffee. My voice, I feel like my voice is a little lower because last week we, I didn't have an episode last week. I didn't share an episode last week because I was on vacation and I really set the intention for my vacation to unplug, to not even think about work, to not try to do anything and just relax and be present and be with my family. So I did that. Last week, I went to Stone Harbor, New Jersey with my fiance and my sister and her family, her two kids, my nephews, Luca and Skye, who are just the light of my life. And my mom was there and my brother too, and my sister came for a couple days. So it was a really fun family vacation. And Stone Harbor, New Jersey is a place that is really special to me because when I was growing up, I was living in Pennsylvania. I grew up in Pennsylvania and Every summer, my grandparents would take me and my family and my cousins to the beach every year. We would go to this beach in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, spend a week at the beach, and every every day of the week, we would have a different tradition. And it was always the same every year. So it was something to really look forward to and just to have fun and be present with each other. We would go like mini golfing one day, then we would go to an amusement park the next day, then we would go out to dinner like the final night, and we just had this like really beautiful flow. And when I, I, so I started going to that beach week when I was eight months old. That was the first time that I went. And then when I turned 13, my family and I moved to California. So we no longer lived on the East Coast. So we kind of stopped the tradition of going to the beach week because 
we were on the other side of the country. Flights would have been kind of expensive for the whole family. So we stopped going and we stopped that tradition, which was really sad. But then my sister now who has kids and is now, you know, raising the next generation, she's really one of the only people in my family. She's the only people person in my immediate family who has kids. One of my cousins has kids, but we don't really see him much. But she's the only person out of my five sisters who have kids right now. Five sisters and two brothers. And so we wanted to keep the tradition going for the next generation, for my nephews. And so in 2020, we went to Stone Harbor, just me, Paxton, my fiance, and her family. And we just went for like a couple days. We went in September after Labor Day. And it was like during COVID, so there wasn't much going on. September 2020, there wasn't much going on. And it was, you know, it was fun to reconnect, but it wasn't really the same experience. And then this year, she wanted to, you know, do do the experience like we did when we were kids. So we rented a beach house. We all stayed there. We, you know, went to the amusement park, which is where I lost my voice from screaming on roller coasters. And I kind of lost my voice for a couple days there. So if my voice sounds a little scratchy or hoarse, that's why. And it's also morning time, so there's that too. But we went to the amusement park, we went to this restaurant that we would always go to, and it was just really beautiful to reconnect to my inner child, especially now that I've been doing a year now of therapy and of intensive healing. When we went in 2020, I hadn't started that work yet, and so I really noticed the difference in myself from even 2020 to today, and just how much how much has changed and how much I've grown throughout these last couple of years. And I think a lot of us can say that, that, you know, the pandemic sparked such awakenings in all of us and we are different people than we were in 2020. And I just really realized or recognized this difference in myself being there in 2022 at this beach week where I really took the entire week off to do nothing, to do no work. Like I said, I didn't share the podcast. I didn't do anything. And that was a really big thing for me because growing up and always I've had this very like go, 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 do, 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 busy mentality, this like hustle mentality where I've always am pushing and forcing and striving and trying to achieve and constantly trying to do things. And as I've started to entangle not only the pressures of capitalism, of hustle culture, of, you know, my own things that I've picked up through childhood and through living in society and through determining what my worth is and what my value is based on how much I can do and how much I can produce. I've really been untangling that. And so this week felt like felt like a testament to all of the inner work that I'm doing because I basically shut off my phone for the whole week. I barely looked at my phone. I didn't go on Instagram. I didn't check my emails. I deleted all of my work, you know, work apps like Slack and Outlook from my phone completely like shut off from work. And for me too, I've always had like several jobs at once. I've always worked multiple jobs at once. Like I, for some reason, I just thought that one job wasn't enough and it wasn't even necessarily about money. It was more about just doing and trying to grow and trying to learn. And so I have a full-time job. I work at the public theater in New York City. I work remotely for them. And also, you know, throughout having a full-time job, I've always had side hustles, always tried to, you know, do passion projects on the side and also build my business on the side, also do this podcast on the side. For the past couple of years, I was also working for a sound bath and meditation teacher, helping with her trainings and retreats and courses and programs. And so I've always done a lot of work and I've always found a lot of value in work and purpose in work. And I've noticed over, you know, I, th- I think I've like gone on a journey with with work and, and what I consider to be work and, and I always like wanted to work. And I've been in this place for the last several months where I'm like, I've been so over work and I don't want to work at all. And, you know, because I still have to pay my bills, I feel like I have to work. But I just really was proud of myself that Throughout that week, I didn't work at all and I didn't feel guilty about it. And I really just took that time off to be present with my family and that's what happened. And I'm just taking a moment to really be proud of myself. And also being at that beach week really had me reflecting on this podcast too 
because in 2020, when we were there, September 2020, is when I launched the podcast, this very podcast, Create a Soul podcast. I had been working on it for a couple months leading up to the launch date. And then when we were at our, you know, couple beach days, I decided to launch it. And so it felt like I had this moment to reflect on the podcast and everything that the podcast has given me and some of the blocks that I felt with the podcast lately. And I think some of those blocks are and even before I left for, for the beach week, I was trying to record a solo episode because I wanted to still share an episode, even though I knew I was going to be on vacation. I wanted to prep ahead and just have something to put out for you all. But every time I tried to sit down and record something, it just didn't feel right. And like, I just felt really blocked. I felt like I couldn't share authentically. And honestly, I was like my self-critic and my inner judgment was like on a you know, level 10, whenever I would sit down and record. And so I know that whenever that happens, instead of pushing and forcing and making myself do something, I have to kind of just take a step back and allow it to flow naturally as it's meant to. And so today, Wednesday morning, like I said, I will publish this podcast tomorrow. But I just thought, you know, what if I let myself just sit down and be and flow and talk with you all and really feel like we're having a coffee chat? I don't have to perform. I don't have to be something other than who I am in this exact moment. And I think these are lessons that I continuously learn over and over and over. And that's really something I've been sitting with, this idea of when am I performing for people? When am I putting on a show or not being really truthful to how I am feeling in that moment or kind of self-editing in the moment and self-judging in the moment and thinking, oh, I can't say that. Oh, I'm not making sense here. Oh, people aren't going to get this here. Oh, people are going to think this is boring. Like all of those thoughts that, you know, kind of are running in the background that we don't hear a lot about because it is so internal, but until we externalize it and make it known and make it seen, then we can kind of look at it and hold it and gently release it and let it go. So that's kind of the process that I'm in right now, especially with sharing on the podcast. So it feels good to just kind of give myself that permission to flow freely and just trust that whatever is meant to land will land. So that's on that. And then going back to this idea of work and this idea of hustle and building and capitalism and just, I listened to a podcast recently, almost 30 podcasts with Krista Williams. She had a solo episode about feminism and capitalism and kind of like the patriarchy. And she said something that I like have been thinking about nonstop. And that is this idea that we think of feminism. You know, I've been brought up to, you know, be a feminist. Like, in my mind, everyone's a feminist because why wouldn't you want to be a feminist? Because what I had learned as the definition of feminism is that men and women are seen as equal. And why wouldn't we see men and women as equal? We're just as capable as men. You know, we can do all the things that they can do, all of that. So that's kind of was my definition of feminism. But in this podcast, she kind of was exploring this idea and illuminating the idea that feminism you know, should not be that men and women are equal. It's more the idea that men and women are different, but what they do and what they offer and, and what their natural gifts and strengths are should be seen as equal. And I'm really seeing the fact that I do think women have been told, you know, now that women can work and be in the workforce and, and they want to be all the things and do all the things, it's like, there becomes this intensive pressure on women to do. And as feminine beings, our natural state of being is to be and to receive and to, you know, create and take care and nurture. And I think a lot of us women, especially in the way that I grew up, I saw my mom working, you know, 24-7. My mom is someone who works a lot and has always been the provider for my family. And, you know, like I said, I have seven siblings, a family of eight. It's a lot of people to provide for. So I always saw my mom working and my mom's an entrepreneur. She's always had her own business and always just working and not really taking, you know, rest and relaxation because she couldn't because she needed to provide. And it's like I see that throughout society where women are now expected to not only work and provide and kind of be that equal match as a man, but also take care of kids and be that person for children. And so 
I've just been reflecting on this idea a lot because as you know, I'm thinking about having kids in the next couple of years and really kind of preparing myself for, for that next stage of life. It feels very confusing to me because I've always been someone who really values career and thought that career was like my purpose in life, that it is what I was meant to do. Like it it was all tied to career and what career I was going to have. And this was true when I wanted to be a writer and an author at age like five to when I wanted to be an actress and be on Broadway and dance and sing and act on stage and, and be a star and be the best. And that was really what I dreamed of. And now as I've like gone through this evolution of who am I really and what do I really want and what do I really value? Because yeah, then I wanted to be an actress and then I kind of got into the online entrepreneurial space and wanted to be a coach and was creativity coaching and hosting these creativity circles and was just trying to create my own business so that I could be an entrepreneur and be on my own and you know, do things that I was passionate about and make money for them. And that was like the dream. And and that is what I strived for for a long time. But in the past like two years or so, I've really felt this like something isn't quite right. And I can't really like place it. I think that there has been a lot of untangling and healing that I've had to do to look at what, you know, where are my beliefs coming from and what are those unhealed wounds within me and when am I pushing and forcing and striving and achieving because I am trying to prove something or when am I, you know, allowing things to flow because it feels really good to allow that to flow. And I realized that I did hold this belief, and I think many of us do. I think we see that everywhere, where we don't believe that we are worthy unless we are producing something. We don't believe that we are worthy unless we are working and doing something. And we can't allow ourselves to just be and relax and allow our essence and our being to be enough. And even as I say this out loud, it's like, even that concept of being, I'm like, I don't even fully understand the concept of being because what do you do? Do nothing? Like, what does that look like? Does that look like laying in bed and doing nothing, just staring at the wall? What does that look like? Does that look like taking a walk? That's still doing something. Taking a walk is still doing something. So I I really like for a long time, didn't understand this concept of being and what that was. But I'm starting to get like little, little, little glimpses of it. And I think this, my vacation this week at the beach where I didn't have to worry about work, I didn't have to post the podcast, I didn't have to check in with my other job that I left a couple weeks ago because I realized that I've just been overwhelming myself with work all the time and it isn't allowing myself to have enough space in my life to be creative, to be, to be flowing and to, to really feel this energy of, of being instead of just constantly doing. So I felt like I felt a little glimpse of that, of like what it is to be. And that looked like playing with my nephews, being present with them, being with my family, laughing, reading. I read a lot of books. I read some fiction books, which are great because typically I love to read nonfiction and self-help and like I love learning things, and so I would I read a lot of nonfiction, but lately, in the past year or so, I've been getting back into fiction and just learning so much from fiction and seeing myself in, in other, you know, fictionalized characters, but also, you know, connecting it to my day-to-day. So I say all of this because as I've been reflecting on this podcast episode that I heard about the feminism and about capitalism and about the way we work and really how we were taught to see each other as equal, but instead, how can we see the masculine and feminine as different and they have different strengths and instead see value those the same? Like why is taking care of the kids at home not as valued as having a career? Or why is baking bread not as valuable as making money? And I think that in this capitalistic world that we live in, we always, you know, even with creativity, it's like I want to create so that I can make money. I want to create my own business or create my own products or create writing so that I can share it with people so that I can earn money from it, so that I can leave my nine to five and be able to support myself with my creativity. 
And it's had me really question like, what is value and what do we value? And when there's no monetary reward connected to something, like what is value? And what, like, what does value even mean? And I remember I had this conversation with my therapist where I was talking about my writing practice and I, I write a lot. I journal a lot. And a lot of my writing is me processing things. It's me think, you know, writing about what I feel, what I think, what's going on. And it's not this like polished thing that I can then send out into the world. It's really part of my own messy internal creative process. And so I was feeling like sometimes I feel guilty about that, about that I don't write, I don't write enough stories. I don't write enough things that I could then turn into an essay or a poem or a story that I could then package and market into a book. And I was feeling really just this guilt around it of like, I shouldn't even try writing because, you know, I'm not doing it enough. I'm not doing it well enough. I'm not doing it hard enough. Like just, I'm not doing enough, which has a, is a recurring theme and internal narrative that I'm trying to switch. But I, I've, I've identified that that is an internal narrative that I have, that I'm not doing enough. And I think a lot of us feel this way, again, that we're not doing enough. And I know that a lot of us feel this way because you look at the world, you look at what everyone is pushing on Instagram. I go on Instagram and everyone is selling something. Everyone is marketing something. Everyone is trying to do, trying to be, trying to achieve. And for what? I mean, what I can answer, what I think that they're trying to do and be and achieve is wealth, freedom, status, social status, you know, I feel like when it comes to the core, we all as human beings want the same things. We want to have enough money so that we can not worry. We want to have enough money so we can feel safe. We want to have enough money so we can feel freedom, so we can feel like we're doing the things that we want to do and and we're not tied down by anything else. So when I look at Instagram and I look at everyone pushing things out and marketing and, and it, you know, you scroll and scroll and everyone's selling something. Everyone has a business. Everyone is just selling, 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 selling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I don't want to be part of this world where we're constantly selling because we're, we're trying to create something of value. And what is determined by value is that monetary thing, like take away the concept and idea of money and what holds value for you. What is valuable? So going back to this conversation that I had with my therapist, where I was kind of questioning my writing practice and feeling like I was like, well, why can't I just like, you know, sit down and like write an essay that I can then put in a book? Or why can't I just sit down and write my story, write, finally write my memoir and share my stories and like this journaling thing that I do is not enough. And she had me stop and question the value of what I was doing because it doesn't make any money. I'm not selling my writing anywhere. It's just for me. And and what value does that hold? And I think about my writing practice and how meaningful it is to me, how important it is to me, how necessary it is for me as a human being processing all of these different things at all times and having a space that's for me to share. And even if nobody ever reads it, is it still valuable? And I had to sit with myself and the answer was a resounding yes from my body because the value that that provides in my life is immeasurable. I I can't even imagine a life where I don't write, where I don't express my thoughts and feelings, even on this podcast where I allow a space for me to have conversations with people that inspire me, for me to have a space to share what's on my heart and soul and, and give it to you as a gift. And do I make a penny from this podcast? No, I actually spend money on this podcast with keeping up with all the fees that that go involved with having a podcast. But does that mean that it's not valuable? No, of course not. It is so valuable to me and and the growth that the growth that it's given me over the last couple of years not only in connecting with all of the different guests that I have on this show, but the 
the space that it's provided me to trust my own voice and to believe in my own voice and to move through those blocks that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode where I sometimes sit down and record and I feel like so blocked because I feel like I'm self-editing, like what I'm saying is not good enough, what I'm saying is not worthy enough, but I am so done with that paradigm. I am so done with that belief that what I have to say is not worthy because my perception of value is so skewed. My perception of what is worthy and what is valuable exists in the boundaries, in the confines of what I know to be as capitalism, as feminism in capitalism, as the patriarchy. And it, when, when I really like light bulb moment, have these realizations, have these insights, I feel so, I feel two things, right? I feel one, on the one hand, I feel kind of relieved. I feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have to keep doing this like this anymore. I don't have to keep pushing. I don't have to keep believing that I'm not enough. I don't have to keep trying to create a business or create something worthy or a value so that I can be seen as worthy or valued. Instead, I can soften. I can let go. I can relax. I can flow from a place of ease and not from trying to prove something, but really then come back to the expression of what is authentic to my creative soul, what is truly authentic. And in that space, so many things have been blossoming, so many things. So I want to talk about what's been blossoming because in in the past like six or seven months, if you've been listening to this podcast, then you know last year was a crazy year for me with a move and my partner and I moved from Connecticut to Michigan and the whole saga of moving to Michigan was a huge thing in my life because I did not want to move to Michigan. I was so completely resistant to moving to Michigan. I like truly did not want to move to Michigan. And it was a big problem in my life because my partner wanted to go to a school here in Michigan and I wanted to support him in that. And so we thought about doing long distance, but then we realized we couldn't do long distance. We got engaged in January. And so it felt like we really didn't want to be apart. You know, we wanted to be together, want to start our life as fiancés and start building and creating this life together. But the town that his college happens to be in is a very rural community surrounded by farmland. It has 8,000 residents. There are no Starbucks or Targets or anything mainstream in in the vicinity of an hour. It, it will take an hour to drive anywhere, truly. It takes actually 30 minutes to even drive to the highway from where we are. And there's no, there's like one coffee shop in town. There's no restaurants. And we were used to a life in Connecticut where we were going to Nana's like every morning, which Nana's, uh, I, I can't even, okay, look up Nana's Bakery in Mystic, Connecticut. And if you are on the East Coast, you have to go to Nana's Bakery. It is the best coffee shop in the whole world. I will never stop talking about Nana's, but that is not the point. The point is, is that in Connecticut, we had this lifestyle of where I would go to the city, you know, at least once a month. I would go to New York City at least once a month. I would go to Boston. You know, we were close to Boston and New York City. We would drive to Rhode Island. We would go to all these restaurants. We would eat out like three to five times a week. We would go get coffee and we just lived this life where we were really in society. And since moving to Michigan and living in this rural place, that is no longer available to me. I can't go to a coffee shop or a restaurant or, you know, whatever. I can drive an hour and that's fine, but, you know, it's not as easily accessible to me. And I was feeling so resistant to this move because it was the antithesis of everything that I believed inspired me. You know, I always thought I was a city person and I'm so inspired by the cultures of cities and the, the food in cities and everything that a city offers and... I really was just heartbroken that I had to live in the middle of nowhere and I, I didn't know what I would do with myself. I, I felt like I was going to be so bored or lonely or isolated and just really was struggling with it. And so that was kind of, you know, I've been struggling with that since like the fall of last year. No, really like the summer of last year up until like maybe March or April. 
which I moved in January and we found a place in February. Like we didn't have a place to live. And so this whole year has been so chaotic. And it's also the start of my Saturn return, which is just so apt. But in in all of that chaos, I was really exploring these themes of home and where do I belong and where do I want to live and what is home and what is having a home and what is creating a home. And all of those questions that I was having, which I have many solo episodes from last year about home and creativity and using creativity as a grounding practice because I was feeling so ungrounded. And because I didn't want to move to Michigan, that's why I went on my solo trip to Central and South America, which I also talked about on this podcast. So if you want to listen to any of those podcasts, if you're in a similar situation, I have a lot of experience and insight into those areas. So you can go check out those solo episodes. But this is all to kind of to bring me back to this moment where it's July 27th. Like I said, I'm recording this a day before it comes out. It is Leo season, which has just been really fun so far. But after like six or seven months of being here in Michigan, I'm noticing these seeds starting to emerge from my being, from being in this new environment, something that I completely resisted and noticing how I'm different. And a couple things that I have noticed and something that has been super unexpected has been this passion and this curiosity for herbalism and plant medicine and learning how to create. Create from the earth, create with nature, live within the cycles of nature, really honor the cycles and seasons of nature and live my life accordingly. So I had understood the concept of living with cycles and seasons, you know, even in my creative practice, because I do think we have an inner, you know, cycle and season, especially as women, when you menstruate, your body does go through these cycles and season every month. And every week is a new season in your, in your body, in your menstrual system. So I had understood that, that concept, but then being here in Michigan where the seasons are very, very delineated, it's not like California where it's pretty much summer all the time. You know, we have four seasons in Michigan. And so I shared at the end of winter how I spent a winter, well, I spent like half a winter in Michigan. I didn't spend the whole winter and just being in the snow and being in the cold and being in this also internal place where I was at, where I was feeling like I didn't want to be here. Why was I here? Why was I not living on tropical beaches? Why was I in the snow? You know, that allowed me to kind of connect to my inner winter. And so as I went through spring and I started to notice the trees blooming and blooming and blossoming flowers and noticed that the trees wouldn't bloom you know I in my like naive point of view it can tell you know this tells you how much I was paying attention to nature before which I guess was not much but I didn't know that trees flower for such a short amount of time I thought that trees flower and like they flower for the whole season but as I was observing these trees and just these plants that were growing in my neighborhood I noticed that, you know, one day you would see the bud of the flower and then the next day the, the tree would blossom and it would bloom and it would smell heavenly. And then within a day or two, the blossoms would fall. And I was so shook by that concept that things happen so quickly in nature that we don't blossom for a whole season. Sometimes they blossom for a day. And that doesn't make the tree any less worthy or any less valuable or any less anything. It makes it completely perfect as it is because it is nature. It is growing in its own rhythms. It's not comparing itself to the tree next to it. It is simply being a tree. And so (laughs) it's so funny, like this concept of being and how I didn't understand what being meant. But I think I think that's at the heart of it, of not comparing your path to someone else, not pushing or forcing yourself to bloom and blossom, but allowing yourself to honor that natural rhythm, allowing yourself to honor that natural cycle and season. And something I've had to understand is that things take longer than I would like them to, longer than my mind would like them to, but it all happens in perfect and divine timing. So I can relate that even to the sharing of this episode. I had this feeling on my heart where I wanted to share about herbalism and plant medicine and all of the different things that is currently fueling my creative soul, but it didn't feel like it was the right timing. 
But I felt like now as I'm sitting here recording this episode for you, I feel like I needed to have that week where I was just off and where I wasn't trying to do anything to really allow these lessons and these these this wisdom to integrate so that I am able to talk about it and share out loud and process with you and illuminate things for you and be here in this space with you. So as I'm observing nature and observing the trees, I also started to become interested in what was growing around me, what plants were growing around me. And I never really had an interest in plants before. You know, I was interested in what I deem as plant medicine, but it's funny that I even call it plant medicine because now I am of the belief that every plant is medicine. Every plant can hold either medicine or poison. And I had a very interesting experience where I almost ingested a poisonous plant. I will get to that in a second. But I didn't really have this like reverence or appreciation or relationship to nature. You know, I've, I'm always on my computer or my phone or talking with friends or in the cities and, and not connecting to nature in this deep, deep way. So as I was, as the seasons were changing from spring into summer, I was observing these plants pop up and, and allow, allow myself to see the plants in their evolution. And I downloaded a plant app, I think it's called Seek, where you can take a picture and identify a plant. And I started to get to know some of the plants that were growing around me. And I started to read books about herbal medicine. And I started to listen to podcasts about herbal medicine and just suddenly found this like dormant passion that has been awakened by living in Michigan with this connection to nature and connection to the medicine that is growing right outside our doors. And so... Even like I can think of plantain. Plantain is a weed that grows all over and you've definitely seen it. You've definitely stepped over it. It is a powerful medicine. And right outside my backyard, right outside like my house, there is a whole field of motherwort growing, which motherwort is a plant that is really good for anxieties, for worries, for stress, for just soothing yourself. And so I've started to create now with these plants that are growing around me. And I had no idea what I was doing at first. I think even if you listened to that episode last week with Bria, I was still at the very beginning of that journey when we had that conversation. And I was asking her questions about, you know, herbalism. How do you, how do you start to get to know the world of plants? Because I find them... I found it when I was starting out to be really overwhelming because there's so much information and knowledge out there and it's like, what's the best source? And I also found that a plant app is great to identify certain plants, but you kind of need like a mentor. You need someone who's showing you the ropes. Like I have this desire to apprentice somewhere at a farm or, you know, someone who is practicing herbalism so someone can really teach you these ancient ways of medicine and preparing medicine. So I've been reading a lot of books. I'll I'll pop a couple of those books in the show notes for resources for you if you are interested in going down this journey. But what I've just been doing is every day I take a walk and I notice the plants and I see how it's different than it was than yesterday and it's growing new flowers now. And now that it's summer, so much abundance is in the air. Everything is blooming. Everything is growing. It's almost overwhelming about how much, how many things are growing. And I've started to make my own tinctures. I have some motherwort tinctures that are currently in my cupboard right now. I harvested them a couple weeks ago with the full moon. And I'm just making some tinctures and it's my first time making tinctures. It's my first time doing anything of the sort. Never imagined myself to like be in the kitchen kind of like a kitchen witch. I feel like I'm like I'm like a a witch which a witch again even talking about feminism the word witch is so loaded because there's so many negative connotations with the word witch but I feel like I'm reclaiming this like ancient sense of magic where and, and it's like true magic, nature magic, real magic and it's connecting me to my childhood self because as a child I was obsessed with Harry Potter. I loved anything magic. I was obsessed with like fairies and like, I don't know, unicorns and mermaids. I mean, my Instagram used to be called the modern mermaid for a reason. I've always been interested in like fantasy and magic and just, yeah, magic. And so being, working with these plants, which is like a very grounded thing because it comes straight from the earth it's connecting me back to this like sense of magic. And I feel like I'm like in a potions class in Harry Potter and like putting together all these potions. And so it's just been such a unexpected journey. Like I never imagined that this is what I would be excited about or curious about in this chapter of living in Michigan. 
And so I'm really, really grateful that, you know, six months later, I can say that it, it's been really hard. The process of getting here was really, really hard. I mean, last year and the beginning of this year was some of the worst times of my life, honestly. It was, it was really intense, a lot of grieving, a lot of processing, a lot of crying, a lot of dealing with things that I haven't dealt with in a long time. And I'm still very much on that journey, but I am now finding this connection to plants, opening up this like whole new world for me and just building these relationships with plants in this whole new way. And it's just really exciting. And yeah, just beautiful. I even started taking some flower essences and those have been really helping me, especially I've been taking one flower essence by Alexis Smart. And I'm also taking some Bach flower essences. And one of the Alexis Smart flower essences I'm taking is for empaths. And I feel like that's been really helping me as someone who's super highly sensitive, super empathic. It's really helping me get grounded in my own energy. And then the box, uh, f- the Bach flower essences that I'm taking, one is wild oat and one is oak. And they have different energetics surrounded with them that I just felt intuitively called to. And that's another thing about this whole journey. It's like, it's this whole new world of, of things that I don't know about, but I've just been kind of following the breadcrumbs and allowing my intuition to guide me, even in the certain plants that I feel drawn to and then learning about that plant and then learning what properties it has and, you know, what, what medicine it holds. And yeah, so I've kind of gone all over the place in this solo episode, but I kind of wanted it to feel that way, to feel, to have it feel just really natural, to have it flow and to just really speak from my heart. So to close out this episode, I have to share, you know, the dangers of, of this new journey that I'm on of foraging and herbalism and learning about plants because I learned a very valuable lesson very early on. And I, it, it's a hilarious story, so I have to share it with you, but it's also kind of a warning if you're kind of like me and kind of just want to get going. So in this journey of wanting to learn about the plants, I started to, and even as I say it out loud, it's like so dumb, but I started to, you know, taste the plant and feel the plant like between my fingers. So I, you know, I would pick a plant, kind of rub it around my fingers, smell it, you know, without really knowing what it was. And I was just trying to learn the plants in this way. And I started to taste certain plants because I realized that so many things outside that are growing that are wild are edible. And so I started to just taste different things. And you know, people say like, oh, berries are, you know, certain berries are poisonous. And of course, I'm not going to try any like poisonous berries. But I, I feel like I just wanted to have this like trust with nature and, and develop this trust. So I was just kind of like absentmindedly tasting things as I go on my walks and just tasting how different plants taste and, and smell and feel and all that. Really, really putting the senses in it, which is such a feminine, creative thing to do. Of course, we're so sensory. So a couple, I guess a couple months ago now, it's probably like two months ago. I'm, at, I'm kind of at the beginning of this journey, just like starting to feel my way around the world of plants. And Paxton and I are on a walk and I see this plant growing that looks like wild parsley. Like it looks exactly like parsley. And so I run over to it and I take out my phone and take a picture of it to ID it for my plant app. And the plant app tells me that it's wild carrot. And I'm like, oh my God, this is wild carrot. Like, I can't believe wild carrot is just growing out here in the wild. I'm going to harvest it. So I take off a leaf and I eat it. I, I chew it and it tastes like carrot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So I, I dig up the plant and I'm like, I'm going to make a salad out of this wild carrot. And Paxson is like, I'm not going to eat that salad. Like, I don't know. You know, he, Paxson's a lot more skeptical than me, which is probably good for our for our dynamic. But he's like, there's no way I'm eating that salad. Like, you go ahead. Like, he doesn't trust it. And I'm like, no, it's totally perfectly fine. So I'm like trying to prove to him that it's totally fine. So I start Googling wild carrot. And what comes up in my Google search is a plant called poison hemlock, which is highly poisonous, highly deadly, even just being around the plant and ingesting the fumes and smelling the plant is really dangerous to humans. Like it, it can kill you. And I, I, as I'm doing this Google search, I'm looking at the plant that I'm holding and it matches up exactly to poison hemlock. Like the leaves look exactly the same. They say that, you know, wild carrot, queens and lace is a similar lookalike of poison hemlock. And so I'm looking at this plant. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? I just ingested a poisonous plant. But like, <laughs> so... 
you know, and, I, and I'm reading about poison hemlock and all the characteristics of poison hemlock. And they're saying that it tastes like wild carrot, like basically everything was matching up to a tea. And so I immediately like throw the plant that I'm holding away. And it said online that if you ingest poison hemlock, you can die within three hours. So I'm having this moment, this like, like, wait, what? That's it? Like, you know, I'm so excited about this new plant journey about foraging and herbalism and one stupid, silly mistake like that could end my life. Like, I couldn't even comprehend that. That, like, wait a second. What I was doing was so innocent and it was so playful. And that could kill me? Like, that, it, it's that dangerous out there? And so looking back on this whole situation is hilarious because in that moment, you know, Paxton and I are both kind of freaking out because he had gone to, like, sniff the plant, to touch it. You know, I was the one who ingested it and it didn't once cross either of our minds to like go get help or like seek a poison control center or anything like that. Like none of it crossed our minds. We were just kind of like, well, I guess we'll find out if it was poison hemlock or not. If we die within three hours, like are, am I going to die within three hours? Is this the last three hours of my life? And so we're like, you know, in this state of anxiety and panic and like not thinking right and just like oh my God, like this could be it. And I'm thinking like, well, like I wasn't prepared to die today. Like what, what should I do? And we had plans before we gone on that walk to go to Walmart because we wanted to get tennis rackets because we were thinking, oh, maybe we can like start playing tennis together. So we were like, and we needed to get some groceries too. So I was like, okay, well, like, do we still go to Walmart and get the tennis rackets? You know, if I, if I die in three hours, like, then I won't need the tennis rackets. I won't need groceries. But, like, if I don't die, like, we kind of need to go grocery shopping now. So we're like, okay, let's just go to Walmart. And I'm, like, you know, trying to calm myself down. And I'm like, okay, do I feel anything? Like, surely if I ate a poisonous plant that's so highly toxic as Google suggests, then I, you know, would start to feel something. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. Like, I feel totally fine. The only thing I feel is this anxiety and panic that I have that I, I may die in three hours. So we're like, oh, we don't know what to do. So let's just go to Walmart. So we went to Walmart, which is also hilarious, like classic, I don't know, classic middle of the nowhere thing to do. Just when in doubt, go to Walmart. So we go to Walmart. All the while I'm like, oh my gosh, do I feel something? Is that anxiety? Am I poisoned? Like, I don't know. We get the tennis rackets. We're like kind of like walking through Walmart in a daze, just like what is happening? And I'm just kind of like, man, like this is how my life is going to end. Like... I don't know. It was just all so like, like, this is what it's all been leading up to. It just feels unreal. And in that moment too, I was like, okay, like if I die in three hours, like, and I was kind of like, you know, I'd be sad if I died in three hours because I have a lot to look forward to. And I, and, and, you know, I think when you, when you face those moments of your mortality, you kind of start to recognize what really matters. And in, in those moments of like, am I going to die? I was just feeling really sad of like, well, I thought I was going to get married and I thought I was going to have a family and I thought I was going to have kids. And that is, is, is an interesting that it came up for me because I've been very resistant and scared of being a mother and, you know, I'm slowly on that journey of like I'm maturing enough to become a mother. But in that moment, that is what I was like scared of. of like, oh man, I really wanted to have that experience as a human and I'm not going to have that experience. So we get home from Walmart I still don't feel any symptoms. Like, I feel totally fine. And I kind of knew in my gut, like, I knew intuitively that I was going to be fine, that I wasn't going to die. But you, it was like, I don't know. Like, let's see if I wake up tomorrow. So I was like, I'm going to take a bath. So I took a bath. I just, like, kind of sat with myself. I think I painted a little bit. I just was like, you know what? I feel fine. Like, if I go, then I go. Like, I, you know, it was kind of just that, this waiting game of, like, has three hours passed? Like, am I good? When am I, when am I in the clear? And then three hours passed. I didn't die. The next morning I woke up. I felt totally fine. I didn't die. I was fine. So we still don't know if what I, I mean, I'm assuming that what I ate was not poison hemlock or else I wouldn't still be here talking about this on this podcast with you. But I'm sure it must have been Queens and Lace or something of the like. But that is my hilarious but also sad 
story of how I almost died from this new foraging adventure. So that is a warning sign. You know, let that be, let my lesson be your lesson that you should not in any circumstance go around tasting plants. I do not know what I was thinking. You should not forage anything that you don't know 1000% is the plant that it, that you know, that it, that you know it is. So that also speaks to the importance of having a mentor, having someone help you identify herbs and identify herbs and plants. So since then, I found a class actually, which is also so funny because it's like I moved to Michigan with so much resistance and I, you know, I didn't think that anything was going on in my area, but we're like an hour away from Ann Arbor. And I found this school called Michigan Folk School, which has all of these herbalism classes, all these plant classes, all these like homesteading classes, which are really fun and exciting. And so I, so far I took two classes with them. And one of them was like a plant walk where we went around and identified different plants, talked about the medicinal healing properties of different plants. And then another class was a medicine making class where we learned how to make tinctures and we learned how to make a succus, which is like a juice of a plant. We learned how to make herbal infused oils and salves. And so it's just opening up my world to a whole new level of creativity and kind of you know, making things for my family, making things for myself, making things for the people that I love and letting that be valuable. You know, I think my brain is like, oh, now I'm so excited about this. I want to open up an apothecary and sell my own teas and sell my own tinctures when it's like, why am I jumping to that? That is like still that old paradigm capitalistic mindset where it's like, no, this medicine is so valuable to me. It's going to be so valuable to my family. It's going to be so valuable to my health. It's going to be so valuable to the people that I love. Like, I don't need to make a cent off of it. I don't need to capitalize off of nature, off of nature's natural medicine. What I can do is share what I'm learning and hopefully inspire you to do the same and just let you know that there is a world of natural medicine growing outside your doorstep. And it's truly such a fun world to dive into. So... I have a feeling that because I'm really passionate and excited about this, I think we're going to be talking about it a lot more on the podcast, a lot more about foraging and herbalism and wild food and nature and nature as medicine. And I know we've already had a couple episodes so far about that, especially with Hilary Messer Barrow, who lives in the Yukon, this remote area of Canada. And she was really helpful to me in moving to Michigan and kind of making peace with moving from a city to a remote part of the world. And her journey has really inspired me. We had Bria Zoe talk about herbal medicine two weeks ago. So definitely check out that episode. And I'm just going to keep updating you guys on my journey as it goes along and really just sit down with you and move through my own fears and blocks to to share in this really free flow, authentic way. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for receiving my essence and my words and just so grateful for you for this connection that we've established on the podcast. I so encourage you to reach out to me if anything resonated, if you are excited about this, you have questions, anything at all, if anything resonated with you, please reach out to me. I would love to hear your thoughts and answer anything I can answer. Also, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and review on the podcast. That is something that can help immensely, not only with you know my motivation and knowing that people are on the other side listening and knowing that this does bring some value to you in your life. And so if something has spoken to you, please, please, please leave a rating and review. It would mean so much to me. It only takes about two minutes on, on Apple Podcasts and it really helps so much. So thank you in advance for doing that. Let me know if you have any questions. You can always reach me at Leah Van Doren on Instagram. You can email me, Doren at gmail.com. And I will catch you all next week. Have a beautiful day. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.